Today I want to talk to you about something that really God placed in my heart, I believe for this season, but he placed it in my heart there many, many years ago. And um, I was thinking uh, this week about what it would take for us to have a perfect church. Have you ever thought about that? What do we need for us to have a perfect church? How can we become a perfect church in 2019? Someone's back there shaking her head. Uh, thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> Pastors oftentimes hear a lot of things about what needs to be changed or fixed. People's thoughts, people's opinions. We don't have a suggestion box, but we get a lot of suggestions. There's no possible way to make everybody happy. And you just have to realize that. There's no possible way to do it. Sometimes on the same Sunday, pastors here, and I had a conversation with some pastor friends of mine about this recently. Sometimes on the exact same Sunday, they'll hear things like, the music is too loud. And in the same service, the music is not loud enough. <laughs> you can't please everybody. Same Sunday. The messages are too negative. The messages talk about sin too much. The messages don't preach against sin enough. The messages aren't funny enough. Sometimes all on the same Sunday. The church is too friendly, and yet other people say no one wants to be my friend. No one said hi to me. No one welcomed me. And these things are funny to me, and the list could go on and on and on. And the pressures on a pastor sometimes can be overwhelming. I don't let those things get to me. Thankfully, uh, we don't have a church that complains too much, at least not in this service. It's probably all those first service people that are the ones that complain. <laughs> I just know there's no such thing as a perfect church. It doesn't exist. If you're looking for the perfect church, the day you join, it's not going to be perfect anymore. And you're like, wow, you just said that. Because the day I join, it's not going to be perfect anymore. We're people. We're imperfect people. We will never be a perfect church because we're a church of imperfect people. We bring history and baggage, kind of like the video they showed. We bring that with us to church. We bring past hurts with us. We bring... The things that we learned when we grew up and the, the traditions that we had, and we bring that in and we bring expectations of we would like this to be like that or we used to do this and those things are fine. But my goal is that New Life Church would be a place that past hurts can be healed, that God can grow us together and use us for his glory and that we can accomplish his purposes and that we can set aside differences because there are going to be differences. I don't want a church of everybody that acts, talks and thinks like me. Except for when it comes to the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys won their playoff game. We're celebrating that today. How about that? I've said before that New Life Church is not a perfect church, which makes it the perfect church for people who aren't perfect. Because we can't have expectations that everybody's going to be perfect. That everyone's going to do what we think, say what we like, live the way we would live, make the choices and decisions that we choose to make, or even that we believe should be made. You and I don't have to answer for somebody else's choices and decisions. Mm -hmm. We do have to answer for our choice and decision to love those people. I realize that you can't please everyone all the time, so instead of trying to focus on pleasing people, we're going to focus on pleasing God. We can't be a perfect church that pleases everybody, but we can be a healthy church that honors God and pleases Him. Amen. So that means sometimes I'm not going to get my way. That's fine because it's not my church. It's God's church. This is the first Sunday of 2019. And over the last several weeks, you've heard us talk about the spiritual emphasis that we want to have starting this year. That's why we're kicking off a week of prayer and fasting. Beginning today, we'll have prayer opportunities 
throughout the course of this next week, and we'd love for you to be a part of them if you'd like to. In the worship guide, if you've got today's worship guide on the top right corner, there's information about the different times that we're going to have prayer meetings throughout this week. Last year, we kind of just did 6 p.m. every evening. It doesn't work for everybody, so this year we're given different opportunities. If you like to pray at the ungodly hour of 7.30 a.m., we've got a day for you. And if you like to pray at 6 p.m., we have a day for you. And if you like 10.30 a.m., we have a day for you. And if you like 1 p.m., we've even got a day for you then. So whatever time of day you want to pray, and this is not legalistic or obligation to come all the time. We're not giving out gold stars. But we'd love for you to join us and pray with us one of those opportunities. We're having Pastor Jamie Montera, the evangelist, come be with our men on Saturday night for the Beast Feast. Invite some men. It's going to be fun. We're going to be hanging out around the grill. There's free hamburgers and hot dogs at 5 o'clock. And then the grill's open for them to also grill their own between 5 and 6. We'll have some side dishes that will be available for the men. And Whitewater Church is joining with us. Their worship team is going to lead worship that night. Pastor Jamie's going to preach. It's going to be awesome. It's not going to be super, super spiritual. It's a lot of relational, but I believe God's given Pastor Jamie a word for our men. So I'd love for you to bring a friend that doesn't normally come to church. Just say, hey, you don't have to come with me on Sunday if you don't want to. Come with me Saturday. Let's eat some elk steak or whatever it is. It'd be awesome. We're having Pastor Jamie here Sunday morning and Sunday night. Why? Because we want to start with a spiritual emphasis. We believe that God is going to use him this year like he used him last year. When he came last year, this is something we can celebrate. When Pastor Jamie Montero came last year, we were excited and celebrating that we had about 30 people at that time. And that was awesome. That was a big win for us. We had one service with 30 people. And the day that he was here, I think we had like 35 people in the morning and like 40 on Sunday night, which was, we were like super ecstatic. It was so fun. And he preached a word and he prophesied over this church and spoke life into us. And we've seen God fulfill some of those things that he spoke over this church a year ago. And so we're having him back. We want him to do it again. We're not happy with where we are. We're celebrating where we are. God's been faithful. It's amazing and incredible. But we don't want to just stay here. We want God to continue to do more. And so we're putting this spiritual emphasis of prayer and fasting. Because in your life, there's some big areas that you're having to make some decisions about. That you're saying, I don't know what decision to make. And I, I, I don't want to make this decision alone. The Bible tells us that those decisions we make with prayer and fasting. There's some decisions ahead for this church that are going to be significant for this church. We're asking you to pray for this church. And so a number of years ago, I believe that God gave me the idea of a phrase, 2020 vision. And this was like maybe, maybe four or five years ago that, that I got this. And I thought, man, this would be a great sermon series for a five-year plan or something. I didn't know if it was just a cool title. I didn't know what it was. And I shared it with some people, some friends of ours, some people we were on staff with. And they were like, yeah, you know. That's, that's cool, but it sounds like God gave that to you because it's just not clicking with me. And I, I just really believe it wasn't, it wasn't for that season and that time that God was beginning to plant seeds and ideas for what he's going to do at this time. And I was a little frustrated at the time. I think this is a great idea. This is awesome. But I was like, God, what does this mean? What is 2020 vision? I know, I know that's like perfect sight, but like what, what are you speaking? And I didn't really, didn't really hear or know what God was saying until over the course of the last several months, I feel like God's been giving me and reminding me, you remember that 2020 vision? There's some things that I want to do. And 2020 vision is simply this. I believe it's God's perfect plan. It's God's perfect plan for our life. It's God's perfect plan for our church. And so I want the kids to help me today. When I ask you throughout the course of the service what 2020 vision is, I want you guys to tell me it's God's perfect plan. Can you do that? 
Let's try it out. What's 2020 vision? God's perfect plan. God's perfect plan. And if you help me with that, we might have some more new life bucks for you. And you guys just rack them up to start the year strong. So uh, I believe, in fact, it was for this season of time of what God's going to do at New Life Church. And so over the course of the next two years, you're going to hear us talk about the 2020 vision. And 2020 vision is? The perfect, God's, God's perfect plan, right? And so I'm not here today to announce some big announcement. I believe that God is going to give us, over the course of the next several months, give the leaders of this church his perfect plan for our church. I, I can't tell you what it is today, and I don't want to give you my plan because my perfect plan for this church is not good enough. Uh, what we, what, what our kind of, this is a significant year for our church. What our focus is is over the uh, the last few months we've been working on a constitution and bylaws, which are how the church will operate, and that'll be presented to the church here in the next several weeks. And our, our annual family meeting is going to be in February, and the members of the church will come together. And we'll talk about, we'll vote on that constitution and bylaws. If we approve that and the, the district of the Assemblies of God proves that, then we'll be a self-governing church. We'll, we'll elect an entire board of leaders, which is important for us because we want, uh, the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. We want the people of this church that love this church and pray for this church and lead this church well to be praying with us and making these decisions together with us and asking God, and for you to be asking God with us over the course of this week and this year, God, what's next? What's ahead for New Life Church? What are you doing? Where do you want to use us? Where do you want to lead us? I believe the vision that God has given this church, the prayers that have been prayed for this church, the words of God that have been spoken over this church, if, if they're fulfilled, if we're obedient to God, and God does all that he wants to do in this church, this, I believe this facility can't house what God wants to do. Yeah. I don't know what that means, we got to pray about it. we got to fast about it. we got to get together a group of leaders that will say, we want your wisdom and your discernment because we don't want our plan. We want 2020 vision, and that's God's perfect plan for our church. And so, like I, like I said, we're not unveiling some big announcement. I don't know what it is. I want to hear more from God. I know parts. I know God's given me some promises. I know God's beginning to speak some things, and when we know, we'll let you know. We want you to hear from God as well and for you to share and for you to be a part of the process. There may be, I believe there are in this room, some board members and deacons that are going to help us make those decisions and lead. And you may be thinking, not me. Don't look at me. It's not going to happen. It's funny how God works. Just wait. So we've got a week of prayer and fasting. We've got the Beast Feast. We've got Jamie Montero coming. We're putting this spiritual emphasis. And I can't tell you today what 100% of that 2020 vision is or all that God will do. But what I want to talk to you today is how we can position ourselves to respond to God. How we can be ready to become the church that he wants us to be. So that we can fulfill his vision for the church. I believe we find that answer of how to position ourselves and how to prepare in Acts chapter 2. And I've preached this passage of scripture probably <clears throat> twice already since I've been here. I'll preach it a lot more because I believe that there's a model and an example here of what we should be as the church. And so this isn't the same message I've preached, but the same passage of scripture. And there's, there's some things that I want us to, to learn from this today. If you're new here, you picked a great week to show up because this will be a great time for you to know about us and what we're about, what we believe and all those kinds of things. So in Acts chapter 2, Jesus told the disciples to wait in the upper room, and then and he went and ascended to heaven. They waited. What happened? They received the power of the Holy Spirit. They came out of that room changed and ready to reach people with the gospel, and the church was born. And I believe it became a healthy church. It was not a perfect church. 
There were divisions, there were problems, there were struggles, there were challenges. You read about those in the book of Acts and 1 Corinthians. There, there, there was issues that they had to face like we had to face, but they, they were a healthy church. It was God's model church functioning as God intended and designed. And I think there's 12 things that we see in this passage. You guys are like 12. Oh my goodness, what time is it? We're going to get out of here. We're going to go quick. They're simple things uh, from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, that we need to do and be to position ourselves to be able to continue to celebrate good things in the, in the near future. So in order to fulfill the, the 2020 vision, we've got to be the church that's described in Acts 2.42. And it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We've got to be a learning church. We have to be committed to learning from God's word. One of our, our values is that the Bible is our guidebook. My ultimate desire as your pastor is not to entertain you or to wow you or to be the world's most culturally relevant communicator, but I believe that we can have fun at church. That's possible. We should. We can. We will. But if all we have is fun at church, then all we are is a mediocre comedy club because I'm not a very good comedian. We've got to be more than that. We believe that the Bible is our guidebook for living. So you need to know what the Bible says. You need to know how to apply what the Bible says to your life. So my goal is to always focus on Scripture so that we can learn the Word of God. We want what you learn today to make a difference in your life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next year, next month, that God's continuing to work. If you want to hear a political speech or be wowed by pop culture and impressed by a smoke and light show, then you probably won't like what you find at New Life Church. The Bible simply has much more important things for us to get distracted by things that aren't nearly as important in the grand scheme of eternity. Is, is it okay to have fun? Yes, I'm not saying that at all. I've, I've heard pastors say, they got some churches have gyms out there and people focus on basketball more than on Jesus. I, that'd be great. Bring on the gym. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with connecting with your culture, knowing what's going on. You don't have to stick your head in the sand as a Christian. But we better be focused primarily on what God wants to speak to us from the Word of God because it still is relevant to us today. We pray for and we submit to our authority. We believe that, that God can use our authority in different ways, that God sets up and takes down authority, but we're not here to discuss politics. We believe uh, that, that we've got to do our part, we've got to vote, all those kinds of things, but God's going to move regardless of who's in the White House. God's on the throne. We love for our messages to be positive. I believe it's important for us to focus on what we are, are for at just as much or more so than what we're against. However, we're not going to shy away from Scripture that calls us to a higher standard of living, even when it's uncomfortable. Why? Because the Bible and the Holy Spirit have so much more for our lives. It's not my job to convict you of sin or to beat you down or make you feel like you've been assaulted when you leave church. That's not our goal. That's not what we want. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of sin. It's not my job to make you feel bad because of it. It's my job to love you, to preach the truth, to pastor you, to care for you. Yes, at times to speak an uncomfortable truth that hurts, but the Bible calls us to speak the truth in love. And so we do that. Ultimately, we want to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can convict you of sin and that God can do that work in your life. And we want to love you all the way there, even, even before you're ready to make the decision, even when you've got things in your life that maybe... I wouldn't want in my life, but we want, we want the Holy Spirit to move. Ultimately, I'm not going to stand before God for your decisions. You will. I'll stand before God to answer whether I preach the truth. We've got to be a learning church. Verse 42, and the, it says, And the fellowship and the breaking of bread. Now, fellowship is a, kind of an older word that we don't use a lot outside of church. 
but it means hanging out, spending time together in relationship, being together and loving each other as a family. We've got to be a loving church. As New Life Church continues to grow, we have to be intentional about fellowship and developing relationship with others. Working toward a common goal, serving in ministry together. One of, you know, one of our serve teams that you can be a part of is, is, is uh, kids ministry. One of our serve teams that you can be a part of is, is the worship team. One of our serve teams that you can be a part of is the ushers and greeters and, and the prayer team and all those kinds of things. There's lots of areas for you to serve. And what happens when you serve, you're a part of a team that's working together for a common goal. That's exciting. But you're also a part of causing our church to be a loving church. And that's exciting. And so there's, there's opportunities for you to serve in a lot of areas. Melanie would like to put together a team of ladies to help lead women's ministry, to help with Bible studies and all those kinds of things so it doesn't all fall on one person. You don't have to feel like, oh, you know, if I sign up for the worship team, i got to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning every single Sunday. No, give us one Sunday a month. Come play drums or saxophone or sing or, or whatever it is. There's opportunities for you to serve, and that's a part of being a loving church. Verse 42 continues. It says, and to prayer. We've got to be a praying church. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with God. Prayer is a core value of this church. We believe that prayer helps connect us to God much in the same way that worship does. Our desire is that every week in our service that everyone's able to connect with God and beyond our services that everyone also finds a personal way to connect to Him during the course of their week. Just coming to church really isn't enough. You have a lot of struggles and a lot of tax throughout the course of the week. My challenge to you for 2019 is for you to spend time with God every day. Kids, you can spend time with God every day. It doesn't have to be three hours. You may say, I can't spend time with God every day because I'm so busy. Give me your Netflix login and password. Let's see how busy you are. Because I bet if you're spending no time with God, I bet you could find one minute to spend time with God every day. Do you know what would happen in your life if you even just spent one time, one minute of time in God's presence every day? It would change your entire life. Do I think after you've been a, a Christ follower for 20 years that you should only be spending one minute with God every day? No, maybe you should get to two or three or five or 15 at some point along the way. But don't stop. Don't not do it because you think you don't have the time. Find whatever amount of time that you can and spend it with God. Maybe it's putting on a worship song, reading a couple verses of scripture, applying it to your life, finding the YouVersion app, downloading devotionals that are on there, however you want to do it. Is that your time doesn't have to look like my time. Maybe it's just gathering the family together before school and praying and reading one verse of scripture. That would take one minute. It would change your family. Verse 43, it says, every one of them was filled with awe. Why were they filled with awe? It wasn't because of who they were, but it was because of who God is. It shows me that they were a humble church. A healthy church is a humble church. Humility begins with gratefulness. God will bring growth to a humble church, one that acknowledges him as the owner and the builder. And on the other hand, God will cause a proud church to fall. You've heard me say and you've heard me pray that, God, this is your church. God, thank you for allowing me to lead your church and using me to lead your church for a time. God, help me to be faithful and to lead well. God, I want to honor you and how I lead your church. But God, this is not my church. This is your church. And that should be our prayer because this is not our church. Everything here belongs to God. Everything here comes from God. He uses us in the process. I'm thankful and at times scared to death that he uses me in the process. And he uses you in the process. That's how God works. But we do it in humility, acknowledging that everything is from God. 
And because this is not my church and this is God's church, we do things that I don't always want to do. And we do things in ways that I don't always want to do them. We sing songs that I don't always want to sing. And guess what? I have to preach messages and sometimes I don't want to preach. And I tell God all the time, God, is there not another message that you want me to preach today that people would be more excited about or, or feel more uplifted about? But I preach what God wants to have preached. That's so important that this is his church. And, and if you, we just follow my plan or your plan for this church instead of his plan, how many of you know that we'll be in trouble? Yeah. My, my best plan is not good enough for God's church. We want his plan. The goal of the church is not to make one person happy or a group of hap, uh, people happy, but God, this is God's church, and the goal is to obey and please him more than anybody else. Acts 2.43, it says this, Many... Wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. We've got to be a supernatural church. Supernatural is when God does something that we can't do. When a drug addict or an alcoholic is set free, that's supernatural. Because it doesn't happen very often in the natural. We want to see a lot of that in New Life Church this year. When cancer disappears and a sick body is healed, that's supernatural. We want to see a lot of that in 2019. I asked you earlier to pray with us that we'd see miracles and healings this year at our church. When a, when a, when a, a hopeless financial situation turns around and God provides and blesses, that is supernatural. That's an incredible thing. When a greedy person becomes a giving person, that's supernatural. When God restores a marriage that's in trouble, that's supernatural. When a godless spouse turns to God, that's supernatural. Every sinner that accepts Christ is a miracle, and that's the only one that sets off Celebration Sunday in heaven. And we want to see a lot of that in 2019. I love how God works in our services, and I've mentioned before that we plan fairly identical services. But rarely is a service ever identical, often because of the movings of the Holy Spirit. Yes. One will differ slightly from another. Why is that? Because we, our services aren't one size fit all. It's not just one meal that we slop down and everybody eats the same thing. But instead, God supernaturally knows what people need in each service and he moves accordingly. And we just have to get out of the way and say, God, use me in whatever way you want. And we don't always announce it. Sometimes we talk about it. We try to explain it well because we want new people to know what's going on. But sometimes just the spiritually mature people know, not because anyone has said, thus saith the Lord. Why don't we say that? Because we just don't say saith very much in our culture today anymore. It's kind of weird. God can speak in our, the way we talk today. But mostly it's because the spiritually mature know when something supernatural is happening. And new people may not know exactly what's happening, but they just know that their needs are being met. That something is happening that's out of the ordinary. And maybe they don't know exactly what's happening, but they find tears flowing down their face. Why? Because God is moving. And I have people tell me regularly in our services, not one person, not a couple, several people. They say, I don't know why every time I come to church here, I end up crying like a baby. I'm so embarrassed. Don't be. God's moving supernaturally, and what he's doing is good. Embrace it. We don't want to do what we do out of emotion, but the God that created our emotions is supernaturally doing something here. You know, I grew up in Assemblies of God Church, and I, all I wanted was for it not to be weird. God, please, I had a friend spend the night. Don't let it be weird today. Don't let someone talk in tongues. Don't let the Jericho march happen. That's, that's kind of my mindset growing up. I just wanted my friends to think I was normal, right? Every time I invite a friend to church, there's people crying, people speaking in tongues and all this stuff. You know what I've decided? I'm going to stop fight, fighting being weird, and I'm okay being weird as long as it's real. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
because people want something real and our entire world is weird. So everybody's weird. But most of that is fake. But I'll tell you what, supernatural, when supernatural happens and it's real, that'll grow a church. Let the word get around that God kills cancer at New Life Church and see how God moves and fills this church. Let the word get around that marriages are restored, not just because of a class, that's important, but because God supernaturally did a work in the midst of a marriage and see how the church begins to grow. We'll be a little weird. We're all a little weird anyways before we got here. We'll be weird together, but we're going to be real. What I want is not for us to manufacture a move of God, but for God to do what he wants to do in the midst of our hearts and our lives and our services. So will you pray for me for the supernatural in 2019? Pray for miracles. Don't pray that one person or one leader would be used, but that God would use all of us supernaturally in powerful ways. That our prayer team would pray for people in the altars and they would be healed. That our teachers would hear from God about what they're supposed to teach and that lives would be changed supernaturally. That you would be in your workplace and someone would be struggling and you'd pray for them and God would perform a miracle right then and there. Verse 44, it says, all believers were together. They had everything in common and that shows me a unified church. If we're going to be prepared for the 2020 vision and the 2020 vision is God's perfect plan. Come on, God's perfect plan. I'll let you sleep there for a minute. I want you to know that in the real world, you'll likely get your feelings hurt in church. It's going to happen. There's no perfect church. Churches are made of people. People are not perfect. You are not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to hurt your feelings. We can pout. We can take our toys home and not come back. You're going to hurt someone's feelings in church if you stay long enough. Your feelings are going to get hurt in church if you stay long enough. This is why Jesus teaches us to resolve conflict biblically. Jesus teaches us that when we have a problem with a person, we go to that person and that person alone with a heart of reconciliation and forgiveness and a heart that says, you know, if I'm at fault, maybe I need to seek forgiveness. Maybe I need to reconcile myself with this person. The church is supposed to be a safe place, but gossip and unresolved conflict are not a part of God's plan. We all make mistakes. We all need forgiveness. We all say things that we shouldn't. Even the the passage of scripture that we read about communion today, if you read a few verses before where we were, it talks about how the church is supposed to be full of differences, but not full of divisions. We've got to come to a place where we can say, you're different than me. I'm different than you. You vote differently than me. You like different music than I do. You don't even like the cowboys, but I can still love you. Because there's going to be differences but there shouldn't be divisions because we have something greater that brings us together than anything else that divides us. We've got to be the kind of people that are, that ask for forgiveness often that admit that we're, we're flawed and failed people and that we need forgiveness and that we say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We make mistakes. We put our foot in our mouth and we have to just forgive other people sometimes who don't even ask for it before they ask and just say, you know what, God, I, I release that person. I forgive that person. What you're doing and what you want to do in that person's life is so much bigger than this petty little grievance that I have. And even though it hurt and even though it was wrong, I'm going to love them and I'm going to serve you alongside them. And I'm going to allow you to speak to them about that in their life. We all have differences, but we choose to put our differences aside and rally around the cause of Christ. And then God blesses the unified church. Verse 45, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone in need. Everyone's getting nervous. We already took up the offering. We're not taking up another one. We're not asking you to give your kidney today. Today. 
Generosity is not about how much you have, but what you do with what you have. You guys are incredible at this. I'm not saying this because we want to take up another offering. Last year, we gave more to missions than we have in a long time. In some areas, maybe more than we ever have. This church was able to give and bless almost $1,000 for the heart of Christmas that partnered with organizations around our city. That's generosity. That's saying, you know what? I put God first in my tithes, in my tithes I obey his word in that, but I also give above and beyond that to other things as the Lord speaks to my heart. We never want someone to give out of obligation. We never want someone to give because they feel like they have to or like they're, they're being convicted by me to do it. I don't even know how much each person gives, and I don't want to know. It's between you and God, but I do want you to be blessed, and I do want you to obey his word, and I do believe that when we do obey his word, that he blesses that incredibly. If you want to see your finances turn around and see a miracle in your life, put God first in your finances and begin to give and see what he does in your life. It's, it's, we are generous not because of a couple wealthy people that give a good portion of our budget. We're a generous church because everybody does their part and we all faithfully give as the Lord speaks to us and we're able to do more than you would think is possible for a church our size. Acts 2.46 says, Every day they committed to meet together every day in the temple courts. No, we're not going to ask you to come every day, but we do have a week of prayer with prayer opportunities each day, Monday through Friday, and you could be a part of one of those. One thing we challenge our new members to do when they join New Life Church family is we ask them to be active in their participation through regular and faithful attendance. Well, what does regular and faithful attendance mean? I don't know. You probably don't want me to define that. People ask, what does it mean? I grew up pastor's kid and in some way God church and if we were sick we were sick at church what better my, my, I can hear it right now it still irritates me my mom would say what better thing for you to do when you're sick than to go to church where people can pray for you I was like you can go to church and pray for me you can pray for me right now I don't have to go to church we went to church when you were sick you 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 didn't go on vacation on Sundays they started after church you just went to church all the time partly because People would say ugly things to you if you didn't go to church. Well, where were you today? I, 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 there must have been an emergency in your life for you not to have made it to church today. We, we sure prayed for you, you know. Church was maybe a little bit more legalistic back then. Hopefully it's not like that anymore. We don't want you to ever come to church because you feel like someone's going to call and make you feel bad because you weren't here. We want you to want to be a part of what God's doing here. And if you're sick and you're contagious... I want you to stay home and not bring your strep throat or whatever you've got here to me. I don't want it. I hate strep throat. There's nothing I hate worse. It's, it's terrible. Stay home. In fact, we're, we're about to have our services online in the next couple of weeks. We're expanding to be able to do that. We want to do it because there's sick people. There's shut-ins. There's opportunities when you're on vacation that you want to be here and be a part. But the reality is no one's going to... Well, you guys all have perfect attendance in 2019. That's great. But I doubt it's going to happen through the whole year. And, and I, I, I don't want you to feel like you, if you miss a service that you're going to hell. It's not the truth. We want you to want to be here. We want you to be regular and faithful. Church, benefit, church membership is similar to gym membership. You only get the benefit when you go. If you don't go, there's no point of being a member. The great thing about church membership is at the gym, you only get out what you put in. At church, you get so much more. You get so much more than what you, what, what God does, what he gives, how people bless, how he moves is more than we could ever, ever give to him. We get so much more. We, we want to be a committed church. We have to be a committed church. We need you to show up. We need you to serve. We need you to volunteer. 
That's why we give opportunities for you to serve. That's why I mentioned some of those opportunities now. At the conclusion of service, some of our department leaders, Dakota and Melanie for women's ministry, Dakota for kids, Jesse for worship, they're going to be available at the Connection Center. They'd love to talk to you about some areas that you could serve. If you want to be on the worship team, if you want to be a part of kids' ministry, maybe one Sunday a month on Sunday morning or one Wednesday, it doesn't have to be all the time. You don't have to be stuck there for the rest of your life. But find an area to serve. That's part of being committed. We'd love for you to do that. We are so appreciative of how many of you serve as ushers and greeters and worship team and teachers. So many different areas. And we've started celebrating a volunteer on our celebration Sundays. And so today we're celebrating and recognizing a volunteer that has served. And we're, we're, we're saying over the course of the last few months. But the reality is this person has served for many years. This person can often be seen playing in worship or a part of special music. They serve in the sound booth, both services. They attend practice with the worship team throughout the week. They serve in both services along with her husband and her daughter and her soon-to-be newborn son. And so today we celebrate the commitment of Stephanie Winner and, and baby boy that's volunteering as well. He's kind of forced into it right now. But thank you for serving faithfully. We have a, a gift for you and a card. So thank you so much for how you serve and all that you do told her between services today, we don't say thank you enough. And she agreed. <laughs> we love and appreciate our volunteers. Verse 46 says, They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful. We have to be a celebrating church. We've got to have fun. It's okay to have fun in church. In fact, it's biblical and it's healthy. We like to celebrate at New Life. We celebrate a lot. We always will. If you don't like to have fun and celebrate, then this is not the church for you. You're going to be miserable here. You need to go find a boring church. <laughs> Acts 2.47 says they praised God. We want to be a worshiping church. I got, I got one amen. They were a little quiet in the first service. At least a worship leader should have been excited about that. We've got to be passionate about the things of God. The Bible tells us that God enjoys our worship so much that he's attracted to the praises of our people. God's presence comes when we worship. I want to be a more passionate worshiper in 2019. That doesn't mean I'm going to start waving flags on Sunday mornings. Worship isn't just here. Worship is every day of our lives. We've got to be passionate worshipers. Verse 47, they enjoyed the favor of all people. If we want to fulfill the 2020 vision, and 2020 vision is? God's perfect plan. They're getting it, guys. Everybody, all those kids are getting a new life book today for that. We've got to be an influential church and an outward-focused church. There's something wrong with a church that's not influencing its community. This is something that we believe in. We can celebrate that in 2018, we loved our community well. We became outward focused. We tailgated on the University of Wyoming campus. We grilled and gave away hundreds, possibly even thousands of hot dogs and hamburgers. We gave away backpacks and school supplies. We did an awesome VBS for the kids of our community. Inward, an inward focused church is an ugly thing. I've been a part of churches where people get more mad about someone taking their seat than they do about what the enemy is doing in the lives of people. I don't want to be a part of a church like that. When people get mad because they don't like worship, it's not their style or their preference. They get mad about silly things that don't matter in eternity instead of focusing on making a difference in the world around them. It's, it's, it's amazing when people complain about the worship. I don't like the worship. We weren't worshiping you. We want God to like the worship. 
It doesn't matter the style. We want to be blended. We want to sing hymns from the 1800s, and we want to sing songs from 2019. We, because God uses all of it. God's glorified by all of it. And when I don't like a song that's being sung in worship, I remind myself that this is worship to God. And my attitude and my heart of worship is more important than the style of worship. The church should serve and give in the community in such a way that our testimony is people would say, I don't believe at all what they believe. But I shudder to think what this community would be like if that church no longer existed. That's the kind of church that we should be. We've got to refuse to turn inward. We'll not be a church on an island to ourselves. We'll love others that are different than we are. We'll serve our community. We'll care about others. A church that turns inward is not only boring, but it only lasts one generation, and then it dies. We need to sing songs that are not our favorite songs, and we can learn to like them because we're not the most important person here and because we aren't worshiping ourselves. The Bible says the Lord added to their number daily. That's what happens when you're an outward Focus church. One of our core values is that we want to have an evangelistic emphasis. We want to be outward focused. So we explain a lot of things over and over and over again. You guys are probably so tired of hearing about connection cards on the clipboards on the end of seats. Why do we do it? Because we want new people here every week. And we want when a new person's here that they know there's a connection card on the clipboard on the ends of the seats. And you can turn it in the offering and you can turn it into the connection center because we want them to feel welcomed and we want to follow up and connect. When the Holy Spirit moves in a way that may be out of the, out of the normal for, for some people, we explain what just happened and we explain what the Bible says about it. Why do we do that? Because we want new people to come. We want to be outward focused, not just focused on, on 20 people that are here and know Jesus and love him and are serving him. That's great. But if that's all the church is, it's just a country club. The church exists for the good of those that aren't a part of the church. So that's why we explain things a lot. We give a lot of altar calls over and over and over again. It's not because we want Donna to be saved every Sunday. Just one. If, if you just get saved one, it'd be great. No. We want new people here that need to be saved. Henry didn't have a joke for me today. I told him I had one for him, the Seattle Seahawks. I want to be friends with people that are old and young and everywhere in between. I want to see people from all walks of life discover new life in Christ. I want to be a part of a diverse church that looks like the diverse heaven that we're going to. I want to attend church with people that are different than me because if every soul matters to God, then every soul has to matter to us. Because you matter to God, you matter to us. Because he loves you, we love you. Prejudice and racism are a big deal in our culture right now, but it can't be a part of the church. We've got to love every person that Jesus loves. We have to treat every person with respect. That's why we give to missions and we go and we serve and we love. I want to build a church and lead a church where our kids and grandkids want to grow and learn to be lifelong followers of Christ. And you know what? If I have to choose... I'd rather a church designed for my kids and for our grandkids than a church just designed just for me. Amen. I know what it means to serve Jesus. I'm a big boy. Church doesn't exist to make me happy. I choose to be happy when I see my church making a difference in the community, when I see kids making decisions to be baptized, to surrender their heart and life to Christ. I refuse to approach church as a selfish consumer. People in the past that went before us sacrificed for us to be here. And we can sacrifice for others to come to know him. Normally when we receive new members, 
we ask them to make a commitment. We ask you to make a commitment. Today on this celebration Sunday, we're not receiving new members. But I want to ask you, will you make a commitment to be this kind of church? It's a lot. We're not going to be perfect all the time. But we can be a learning church and a loving church and a praying church and a humble church and a supernatural church and a unified church and a generous church and a committed church and a celebrating church, a worshiping church, an influential church that's outward focused. If we can do that, we'll make a big difference in this community. We'll see people come to Christ. We'll see needs in our community be met. We'll have so much to celebrate if we can be the kind of church that can fulfill whatever vision God has for us. Don't know where God's going to lead us in 2019 and beyond, but I believe there's big things coming. And I believe we have to be the kind of church that God can trust, that if I give them a big vision that's bigger than where they are, they'll be faithful to accomplish whatever vision that I give to them, whatever I speak to them, whatever I ask of them. So today, we're not receiving new members, but I want to challenge us to make a commitment to be the kind of church that God desires us to be. In just a few minutes, we're going to baptize a couple people. We baptized one in the first service. We have two in the service. It's awesome. It's an incredible decision and commitment. But before we go there, can we just stand? We talked about explaining things. There's a reason we raise hands sometimes in church. Raising hands is a sign of surrender. It's telling God, God, it's not about me. It's about you. I know maybe you've never raised your hands or maybe it's not comfortable to you, but this morning, would you just raise your hands and surrender? If you will make a commitment, God, I want to be the kind of church that you want me to be. Don't just declare it over your church. Declare it over your life. God, I want to be the kind of person that you want me to be. I want my family to be the kind of family that you want me to be. God, I surrender to you whatever you have for me. Let's just take a moment and you in your own words tell him that. God's faithfulness to us, our commitment to him. We're going to see his promises accomplished. Come on, let's sing it out together. <laughs> 